Welcome to Pop Culture Happy Hour. Sunday night, the Philadelphia Eagles won their first Super Bowl ever. Justin Timberlake invoked the memory of Prince, and Dodge invoked the words of Martin Luther King Jr. to sell Ram trucks. Now that it's Monday morning, we're ready to talk about the good, the bad, and one very key sacking of Tom Brady. I'm Stephen Thompson. And I'm Linda Holmes. We're summing up our Super Bowl thoughts on this episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, so stick around. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Starbucks. For the past 43 years, Starbucks has served their bold, signature espresso. But for the first time ever, they're introducing a second espresso, Starbucks Blonde Espresso. It's smooth and subtly sweet. So whatever your drink is, from a flat white to an iced Americano, try it with Starbucks Blonde Espresso. And as always, you can order ahead on your Starbucks app. You've met me and Stephen Thompson, and with us in the studio is noted New Orleans Saints fan Katie Presley. Lucky enough not to have a dog in this particular fight. Welcome, Katie. Who dat? And, (laughs) of course, we could not do this show without our dear pal, the man I suspect has not slept a great deal between the end of the Super Bowl (laughs) and his arrival at the studio this morning. Longtime Philadelphia Eagles fan Gene Demby. Go Birds. Let's get it. How's the morning? Um... It feels amazing. Was it? Was, did it feel this good when the Saints won? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I was surprised. I was like, oh, it'll be nice if they win. Yeah. I wanted to go home and be home with my family and like be in the city and feel the electricity. But it, honestly, like one of the most joyful experiences I've ever had. It was so much fun. So you went. You were in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and you you went out after, right? Yeah. You, you went out. You <laughs> did you climb any greased the... poles? No, I did not. <laughs> so uh, so so we have to talk about the actual game. Mm-hmm. It was the Patriots versus the Eagles. The Patriots are kind of the ultimate overdog Ugh. in football. And this game, as it got toward, you know, it had kind of a natural rhythm to it. The Eagles were ahead a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But then in the in the later part of the game, the Patriots sort of began to, to come back and mm-hmm. as they do. make as a they push do. as they do. Mm-hmm. And then it was coming down to this thing where the Eagles were up by, what, five? Mm-hmm. And with a couple minutes left... And it seemed perfectly set up for Tom Brady to just charge down the field, have a miraculous touchdown, break everybody's hearts. (laughs) Except Giselle's. Exactly. (laughs) Except his beautiful wife and children. And then ruin, just ruin the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me personally, and I am sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I should point out, ruin this taping. Because if we were dealing with a Gene Demby in mourning, this would be a very different podcast. But uh, instead... With a couple minutes left, as Tom Brady was attempting to march down the field, this happened. Oh, Brady gets hit. The ball is out, and Philadelphia has it. That that strip sack was the oh, first time oh I God. really believed <laughs> yep. that maybe this was going to happen. This, um, the sound of the Super Bowl can be summarized by the opening of that clip. <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, oh, this is, a, this is a new ball game. Yeah. The people I was watching with, I think we all blacked out. Like, as soon as the ball <laughs> came out of Brady's hand, Fugue state. was like, oh, I don't yeah. think I saw the next 10 seconds. We were just jumping up and down. Like, oh, the my people God. I was with, we kept checking your Twitter feed to <laughs> see how you were doing. And there was one point where it was just like, <laughs> it's weird. I don't know what's more stressful, though, sitting next to a pessimist mm-hmm. or sitting next to an optimist. Mm-hmm. Because Sam Sanders, who was sitting next to me for much of this, was just like, they're going to win. The Eagles are going to win. The Eagles just won the game. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not <laughs> what's going to happen. Because yeah. I'm the sports pessimist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird is like, uh, 
it seemed like everyone who was not a Patriots fan in America was rooting for the Eagles, mm-hmm. right? And if it was another matchup where the Eagles versus someone else, I think there would have been a lot more animosity in the Eagles yeah. direction. Um, yeah. Because our fans are obnoxious. Um, <laughs> and there's a bunch of reasons <laughs> to dislike Philly fans. Um, but the Patriots are so widely loathed. They're, you know, they're like the symbol of... Someone called them the Death Star, but that Oof, might be yeah. that might be like mm-hmm. too flattering a picture. Uh, um, <laughs> Death Star had cool technology. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, it's enough for me that they've just won a lot. Yeah. I never just want the same thing to happen in sports over and over and over. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. it's good for sports. So that plus the fact that you know when I was a kid, the Eagles were my my hometown team, right, that's right. Mm-hmm. and they're your hometown team, mm-hmm. and that was enough. If I may pitch of an incredibly enfeebled defense of the Patriots for one second. <laughs> try it. I'm going to try. <laughs> here's what I'm going to here's what I'm going to say for the Patriots. They've played 8 Super Bowls in the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick that is an era, era. That's amazing. Yeah. I think all 8 of those Super Bowls have been really good games. Yeah, they have been. The Patriots I don't think have ever actually blown anyone out no. in the Super Bowl and they've when they've lost it to the Giants both times until last night mm-hmm. when they've lost they've been like shocking mm-hmm. surprises shocking upsets including one where they were undefeated all season until the super bowl and when they've won they've either been like thrilling come from behind games like against the falcons mm-hmm. or that wild back and forth against the panthers a few years back they are an exciting team to watch in the super bowl in part because they're not necessarily built to crush and dominate mm-hmm. they're just built to eke it out in That's this right. kind of methodical I was just going to say methodical agonizing <laughs> miserable <laughs> because Brady's unflappable yep. and that's their secret is like the game can look like whatever it's going to look like and he will as you said Linda march down the field mm-hmm. and even as like I saw him he was shook at approximately one point in the entire end of the game and I was like oh I think that look on his face is fear like does not not compute (laughs) but that's what they can rely on from him is like we're still gonna get this because i'm a machine and my arm is a magnet Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) i'm gonna make it exactly yeah Yeah. and boop 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 and they tried a kind of a cute thing at one point where they tried to throw to him yes and i i sort of felt like that that's not your brand Mm -hmm. like exactly like you're saying their brand is how methodical they are and Mm -hmm. their brand is how kind of solid Mm -hmm. they are Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm sure it wasn't meant to be cute exactly, but you know what I mean by cute in the context of right. sports. element of like, surprise. It was yeah. a gadget exactly. play. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Tom uh, Brady drops the pass. And then the Eagles score yeah. a touchdown <laughs> on the same gadget play in which the quarterback becomes the receiver. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, Nick, yeah. and, and, and Gene, I mean, tell us about Nick Foles because this really is, oh this guy was nobody. nobody. This yeah. was a mediocre backup quarterback who took over for Carson mm. Wentz, your actually great young quarterback would have been the MVP probably the future of the considered like one of the future of the league type Mm -hmm, players mm -hmm. Nick Foles who'd been kind of bouncing around the league Mm -hmm. as like a very minor player suddenly just took off like a jet you know what he did he Matt Saracened (laughs) (laughs) it was QB uh, QB2 wait what was Uh it say? QB7 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, QB1 he became QB1 now he became QB1 so Shankar Vedantam of Hidden Brain and I are both Eagles fans we talk about we like check on each other Monday morning (laughs) I've been watching the games with him for the second half of the season closer to the playoffs um, and as soon as Wentz went down we are like okay season it was fun it's been it was, fun, it was, it was look, fun look what happened to the Packers uh, when Aaron Rodgers absolutely, went absolutely. Yeah. like your season I mean quarterbacks yeah. are so important yeah. right and so we're like okay the season's over it was fun we have a great future to look forward to because Wentz is, <laughs> Wentz is amazing mm-hmm. and Foles looked good in some games and shaky in others yeah. and the playoffs he just looked I mean the last two weeks he looked 
amazing. Yeah. Like some of the throws he made yesterday were like, I cannot believe he attempted that throw. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had a really interesting statistic at one point that said it was the most yards in any NFL game. So so during the course of like the late third quarter into yeah. the fourth quarter, they kept putting up a statistic. And the first one was most yards ever compiled in a Super Bowl. And that was like halfway through like the third quarter. Like between both yeah. teams. Yeah. So yeah. like both mm-hmm. teams were really like marching moving. and mm-hmm. moving. Then a ways into the fourth quarter, it was like, this is the most yards ever put up in a postseason game. Mm-hmm. At which point mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. And by the end, literally like right before the Hail Mary at the end of the game, they said, this is the most yards ever compiled in any NFL game, postseason or regular season. How was that yeah. possible? And, and it brings up, like, first, now, there are people who love a defensive struggle, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, like, they like to see points scored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like seeing points scored. Mm-hmm. And this was genuinely one of the best football games I've ever seen. So uh, one thing I want to ask you, Gene, is you had said going into this, I had seen you say mm-hmm. somewhere <laughs> that your relationship with football has become fraught, mm-hmm. as a lot of people's people. has, mm-hmm. for economic reasons and health reasons and mm-hmm. all those reasons. And that one thing that you could do was kind of like seal it up with winning the Super Bowl <laughs> and then move on. From football. From football. From NFL football. How are you feeling today? I mean, I think this is not the right moment to yeah, decide. I was... He's vibrating. Let's paint pictures with words here. He's vibrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a way in which, not to get all dark here, that the NFL is like sort of an unsustainable enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it will disappear. Obviously, still 100 million people watch the Super Bowl. But there's a way in which the NFL is like on a, it's on the clock now. Yep. Um, I think there's a way in which it will become... It will recede from being the most popular sport in America, followed by college football, which is the second most popular spectator sport in yeah. America, because of stuff like this, because of the way like labor, the sort of relationship that the league has to its players who are injured. Watching the game yesterday was like so satisfying because when the Eagles won the Super Bowl last, they played the Bill Belichick-led, Tom Brady-led Patriots in uh, 2004, 2005. And that was only you know 13 years ago, but none of those players are still in the league. Like None, none of those players are still in the league. And... That's because football careers are really short. I bet you there's a dozen players from that season, maybe, who are around. And I bet you they're all kickers, the people who don't <laughs> get hit. When people talk about this, ESPN kicked, uh, like, sort of ended their sports center pro- uh, broadcast yesterday by saying, the Eagles could just be getting started. All their players are under contract. And they have this, like, bright future ahead of them. What were we saying about the Seahawks a couple years ago? Right, and right. what happens is people get injured because this game is violent. Yeah. And people get old really quickly. And when we say old, we mean they're 27, right? right? There's a way in which I think this will be as good as it gets as an Eagles fan because I don't think any of this, I don't think, there's a reason teams don't repeat, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a reason, like, there's, the game is so brutal that I can't imagine watching it as a spectator. But also, it also makes it impossible to, like, to replicate things like this, Mm -hmm. which is one reason the Patriots are so amazing. Yes. But also... I don't think the Eagles' excellence is sustainable, but I also don't think football as an enterprise is sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the halftime show. Um, People had thoughts. Which, which, <laughs> People had thoughts. You know, so Justin Timberlake did the halftime show. The brief version of the history is that years ago, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson did the halftime show. He actually was appearing in her halftime show, and uh, her breast was exposed for about half a second, I want to say, mm-hmm. and it led to a big hubbub. And neither one of them has been back to the Super Bowl since until this. And of course, he came back and she didn't. And I think whatever you think about how that came to be, mm-hmm. that incident, uh, the fact that she has seen much, much, much greater consequences for it than than he has is pretty indefensible. 
So he was kind of coming in with, I think, people feeling like, you know, like uncomfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Then came this story that they were going to do because it was in Minneapolis. They were going to do a Prince tribute that originally the rumor was it was going to be a Prince hologram. Nope. Like, will I am on election night or whatever it is. Uh, There was going to be a Prince hologram and then it wasn't going to be. And as it turned out, it was Prince projected on a white kind of a billowing uh, sheet. But again, kind of involuntarily pulled into a duet with Justin Timberlake Mm. that he didn't sign up for, which, you know, he had talked, Prince, during his lifetime about not being into these fake duets. I mean, I was just going to say, like, Prince was super chill about uses of his likeness. (laughs) Right. He was famously, famously. game for Mm. whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It felt to me like, I mean, it wasn't a hologram. And there was a little moment when they had set up a thing where a bunch of lights, a bunch of downtown Minneapolis, I guess, had been rigged to light up purple in the shape of Prince's symbol. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was lovely. That part was really nice. Minneapolis legitimately, like, loves Prince. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's a fair thing to pay tribute to. But for Justin Timberlake, man, Gene, what do you think? Like, the performance itself was kind of like meh. Like, it, it really was. was. Oh, it, hard meh. It was hard like, meh. It, was, it seemed sort of phoned in. I don't know. What did you guys think? That's exactly how I felt. So I'm, I'm coming into this having been a diehard sync fan. They are mm-hmm. exactly of my of my era. Who's your favorite? Uh, Justin. Okay. okay. Um, the star. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in also deeply frustrated by the Janet Jackson debacle and um, the way that quote unquote justice was <laughs> doled out uh-huh. to, between the two of them betwixt them mm-hmm. um, but I also have not been impressed with Justin's music for the last several years I think he's um, he's a singles driven guy he's like a pageant kid you know he mm. was on Star Search when he was 11 years old with a country na- like he was Justin Randall I look at him and I see a kid whose life has shunted him into this path of performitude (laughs) and he like does not know about the world this is like a performance boy in the bubble Mm -hmm. so he comes in and i'm like does he like does he think the trolls song is a jam or not (laughs) because uh, like i'm already i was realizing it as he started to play i was like what are the five songs that he's going to sample from that would make this an amazing performance Mm -hmm. he doesn't have them Mm -hmm. he doesn't have Mm -hmm. five songs that like completely stand the test of time and because he's a machine he's like tom brady y'all parallels abound interesting interesting um there's no cohesion so beyonce's performance was so cohesive. She did the same, like, sampling from bits, but she managed to make it seem like she's had a plan since she was 12 years old. Like, <laughs> I think that every... because she has. Well, right. sure. And, right, she's been writing her music for longer. That yep. makes all the difference. So Justin Timberlake bounces from, like, rock your body to... Crime your sexy river. Yeah, Crime sexy. River. And mm-hmm. these songs are like, you know, they popped when they happened, but I'm listening to them like, oh my God, that's what you have to show for this? Mm-hmm. You've yeah. been doing this since you were 11? Mm-hmm. And then the Prince thing happens and he follows the Prince thing up with two of his songs. Like, you gotta end on Prince. They turned Minneapolis purple. You're done. Yeah. yeah. And then Get he comes back the with stage. like, can't stop the feeling. No, <laughs> no, no even better, he comes back with Mirrors, which yeah, is a yeah. song mm-hmm. about being 
being in love with someone because they do a great job of letting you look at yourself more. <laughs> the Super Bowl, that was the television magic, was like flashing mirrors. That was the prettiest thing he did. And yeah. I was like, they turned Minneapolis purple. You done. Get out. And then he ends yeah. it on Trolls and that and hilariously selfies. awkward selfie kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 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 That, that kid didn't sign up for that though. The he just got conscripted into that. The other thing I thought was interesting about it was Justin Timberlake, I think he is an, a good showman in sure. sort of sort of the way Bruno Mars just say. is, but not the same way Bruno Mars is. <laughs> like, they are both people it is fun to watch perform in exactly the right set of circumstances. But I don't think that Justin Timberlake has all that much going for him musically except geniality. I think mm-hmm. that's right. one that's of the really reasons why... He has done really well with a certain audience. He's done really. That's why he has that broitude with Jimmy Fallon. And if you look back to how much it hurt Jimmy Fallon when people perceived him to have been overly friendly with Donald Trump, which was the the uh, his geniality kind of applied in a situation where it made people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think Justin Timberlake, when he comes out in a circumstance where people feel uncomfortable with him because of the Janet Jackson stuff Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable with him because of the Prince stuff. There's not a lot to kind of bring you back around in that way that certain people, even when you kind of don't like them, once you see them perform, you're like, no, look, you can't argue with that. I don't think this was that kind of performance. The costumes were kind of drab and weird. They were weird. The yeah. sound mix the was terrible. Sound, sound, was, sound mix terrible. was terrible, which we've talked about this before. Everybody always dumps on the sound mix at the Super Bowl, and maybe there's nothing you can do about it. But the NFL actually posted that entire halftime show on YouTube. And if you go back, it's not just that I was in a you know a room trying to watch it on right. a, a TV. It sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound good. His vocal wasn't loud enough. A lot of times the vocal was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. It just didn't come together for me in the way that, like, you know, my favorite Justin Timberlake might be the one doing the history of rap with Jimmy Fallon, which is sure. a curious thing to realize about your affection <laughs> for Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yep. uh, before we go, I do want to touch a little bit on on ads, which mm-hmm. we talk about every year because gazillions and squillions of dollars are poured into them. The things that I noticed were, first of all, they decided to drop a Cloverfield movie right. on Netflix right after the Super Bowl that had been unannounced. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen it yet. The reviews have not been positive that I have seen so far. But they announced it. I will say it's a it's an interesting strategy. It is something made possible by the Netflix streaming model, I suppose. Yeah, you I, know? I guess. I mean, and, and maybe it undercuts some of NBC's own post-game programming, mm-hmm. the big This Is, this us. is us, what's yeah. going on with Jack and the Fire. Yeah. But, I mean, ad-wise, it seemed like there were a couple that really popped, but that largely a lot of money was spent yeah. for, for very little. I think the recurring Tide ads with David Harbour from Stranger Things were cute and kind of not only tapped into a lot of like Super Bowl commercial tropes, but we were able to tie in with other Procter and Gamble products in a clever way. Mm-hmm. They brought back Isaiah Mustafa from the Old Spice commercials that I know, Old Linda, Spice. you love. <laughs> Hello again, ladies. Is your man the kind of man who would climb the height? <clears throat> I'm in a tight head. Nice pants. <laughs> they were they were funny. I mean, David Harbour is a funny, charming dude, mm-hmm. and those coaxed, I thought, a lot of goodwill. Though it should be noted, they spent 
millions and millions. Not just like a Super Bowl ad costs $5 million. Those ads cost like $15 million, not even counting just for the ad buy, not counting how much they cost to make. Yeah. Similarly, the Australia ads where it turns out that this Crocodile Dundee movie that we've been hearing about is really like an ad for like go visit, visit Australia. Visit Australia, mate. Um, <laughs> Where life is a crocodile Dundee movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the the Amazon Alexa thing where they brought in celebrities to do the Alexa voice, that's a 90 second ad. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the ads that popped, the secret to having your ad stand out is to spend the most possible money. Yeah. yeah. It does seem that way. And I I want to mention one other one which I'll was you do. Uh, I mentioned this in the intro. Dodge Ram uh, trucks ad uh, featuring the voice of Martin Luther King Jr. Now, I am not in charge of that state. It is not my job to necessarily decide what voices should be used for and not used for. But it is curious to me, given how tightly his estate controls, you know, use of voice. I was really surprised to see it turn up in a Dodge Ram truck ad. Ava DuVernay famously could not use any of Martin Luther King's speeches in Selma. His estate would not grant her permission to use Mm -hmm. those speeches. But Selma, I mean, that's a commercial enterprise. (laughs) That's Hollywood. (laughs) And this is a whole different conversation, but there's a way in which Martin Luther King has been sort of like Santa Fe. He's become like a Santa Claus figure. Um, And it's like to to use him in this way, right, to sell trucks. It It felt so gross. Yeah. And it probably won't matter. Yeah, it's very between the Prince thing and that commercial. It's, yeah. There just was a lot to think about mm-hmm. in terms of like all the Legacy. stuff that went on politically with the NFL this year. And yeah. like, there's something about seeing the ghostly use of both Martin Luther King Jr. and Prince on the same night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, Gene's team won. Yes, <laughs> that's what ultimately matters. And Philadelphia is a great city, and uh, and I'm happy for the Eagles, and I'm happy for you. <laughs> And I told everybody last night, I said, I just want this for Gene. Yep. I am so happy. I'm so happy. So that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, let us know what you thought about the Super Bowl. You can tweet at us at PCHH or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PCHH. And you can follow Gene Demby at G-E-E-D-E-E-215. And you can follow Katie Presley at Love is Maroon. Thank you so much for being with us, you guys. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening again. And we will see you right back here on Friday. You have access to the entire world of NPR with your smart speaker. Ask it to play NPR to check the news while you get ready for work or fix dinner. There's a new radio in your house, and it's easier than ever to listen to Morning Edition, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play NPR.